Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. I think often about the, why is it that churches are still singing songs from that time? Something happened. Something happened, and it happened, it happened in the United States. Actually, our country was birthed out of a great move of the Spirit of God. We've, we've criticized the beginning of our country, and, and not to make light of the sins of our nation, but our, our country was birthed out of a revival. It wouldn't be the United States of America without the visitation that happened under the leadership of men like George Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s. And the, 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 it affected our country and it affected parts of Europe. As a result, the modern-day mission movement was begun. It happened in the 1800s, and missionaries began to go from, from, um, from Great, Great Britain and the United States into all the nations of the world. Well, those seeds are coming up in this generation. Those seeds are coming up. Africa is becoming a Christian continent because of the, the blood of the martyrs, the missionaries that gave their life preaching Christ all over Africa for the last 150 or 200 years. Same thing in South America. There's an incredible Pentecostal revival in South America. It started from the seeds of that revival in the 1800s, from the missionaries. And, um, you know, we, we um, today are carrying on that, the, the tradition of our fathers. And we, we have to embrace revival. For God to restore our nation once again, for there at least to be a season of, of, of refreshing and restoration in our nation before the end of, the end of time, there has to be an embracing of revival. There has to be. Amen. Are you in church this morning? Is anybody out there? So this is, you know, that's my, that's my message. My message is about, the message of my life is about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's my message. My message is about God, about God the Father and His great love for us. My, my message is about the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. My message is about the wonderful Holy Spirit that comes and fills us and satisfies our hearts. And this morning, I want to take you to a prophecy, actually, out of Zechariah. I'll be preaching um, out of Zechariah this, this morning and tonight um, about, about the, the fountain, Zechariah's fountain in Zechariah 13. Actually, I was reading in Zechariah 2 this Friday... Um, about the, the wall of fire, which I'll be sharing about tonight. But God is a wall of fire around his people. And um, I was reading about that, and someone texted me a, 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 a text and said, Zechariah 13, 1 and 9, fountain and fire. And I'll, this is someone I don't talk to every day, and I hadn't been talking to him about anything from the Bible but he texted me those two scriptures. I don't think it was a coincidence that I was reading out of Zechariah about the wall of fire, and I get this strange text about the fountain and the fire. I mean, I don't know about you. This sounds like a, a divine coincidence to me. So I said, yes, Lord, I'm going to just pursue that. And so this is, this is the fountain that Zechariah, Zechariah, the Old Testament prophet, I guess Zechariah is similar to the, the New, New Testament book of Revelation. A prophet that saw things that happened in the last of days. And Zechariah starts in Zechariah 13, on that day. Everyone say, on that day. That day is, the, is that prophetic day. It's the day that, that 
Peter was preaching about when he stood up on the day of Pentecost and he said, this is that. He was saying, this is that day that the prophets spoke about. This is that day that Joel preached about. This is that day that Zechariah prophesied about. You and I are, are privileged by God to live in that day. It's the gospel day. It's the day of the fulfillment of God's promises, the day of his gathering together of his sons and daughters from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. This is... This is that day. Amen. And on that day, there shall be a fountain. There shall be a fountain open for the house of David. The house of David, the tabernacle of David, the church of God, the sons and daughters of God in the last day, the last day church, according to Acts 15, the tabernacle of David, the place of God's habitation. Victory Fellowship is a place of God's habitation. Victory Fellowship is a a partial, it's one of the many thousands of fulfillments of God's prophecy that in the last days he would raise up the fallen tabernacle of David, that his glory could be poured out on all flesh, that all mankind could come. The Lord has raised this particular church up as a pool of Bethesda, as a tabernacle of David, to be a place of refreshing where hurting people can come in and step in. She resta into the glory of his presence. I don't take it lightly. I don't take it lightly. So there is, there shall be a fountain opened up for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. There is a fountain filled with blood. As William Cowper said, it flows from Emmanuel's veins. It's flowing today. Step into the fountain and be washed whiter than snow. Here's a blog that I wrote last year about this fountain. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. I've been purchased. I've been redeemed. I've been purchased from slavery and bondage by the precious blood of the Savior. I was once lost. I was once once bound by my own lusts and my own addictions. And I was redeemed, purchased, and delivered, ransomed from that place of slavery. That I can come into a place of freedom. Redeemed through his blood. Through his blood, through the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches, of his grace. I love to look, I love to look at the variety of movies that portray the suffering and death of Jesus. I know it's hard to look at, but once you've been washed in his blood, it becomes impossible not to look at. I guess I'm partial to these crucifixion scenes portrayed in movies because of the role one of them played in my life. My wife Paris and I got saved after watching the film version of Jesus Christ Superstar. It was the crucifixion scene that got me. In that rendition, rendition, Christ was surrounded by modern-day long-haired guys wearing some sort of hard hats. Following that scene was the music with famous artist renditions of the death of Christ. That's when it hit me. The fountain of my tears began to flow. I was experiencing the power of forgiveness through his blood for the first time. I was being made brand new. Years later, the movie The Passion of the Christ was released. Again, the suffering of Christ in that movie affected me deeply. The visual image of Christ's suffering in my place is more than I can bear, but I still have to look. William Cowper had tasted of the power of the blood of Jesus in his own life in England in the 1700s. From his encounter with forgiveness of sins, he wrote this timeless song, the one that Courtney just sang. There is a fountain that's still being sung in churches today 
Check it out. Look closely. This song may actually be yours. And we're going to look at the words of this song. There is a fountain filled with blood. You can't take the blood out of the, out of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no gospel without the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Has that happened to you? Come on now. Has that happened to you? Has your stain, has the stain on your soul, the stain of your own sinful condition, has it been removed by the blood of Christ? There is a blood that cleanses the filthy stain of sin from off our lives. Amen. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. He was watching the fountain erupt as he was dying on the cross. He was watching the fountain flowing from the hands and from the body of our Savior on the cross. That dying thief rejoiced to see the fountain in his day. And there have I, though vile as he, washed all my sins away. Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God are safe to sin no more. Ere since by faith I saw the stream, thy flowing wounds supply. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. I love this last verse by Cowper. When this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave... Then a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save. I love that. I love that. Every year as we celebrate at Easter, our thoughts return to the suffering, death, and glorification of Jesus. Have you tasted the power of redemption? Are you enjoying the benefits purchased for us by his redemption, by his precious blood? William Cowper was haunted by bouts with depression throughout his life. As a matter of fact, he ended up multiple times in the the mental institution. And he was able to hang on to his life because because of this message. The anchor of his soul that kept him through those days was the salvation he experienced when he plunged beneath the flood flowing from Emmanuel's veins. The Lord helped Cowper through the strength, encouragement, and wisdom of his pastor, John Newton. Newton also knew the power of forgiveness. He had been delivered and forgiven for his involvement in the slave trade. He also wrote a song from his experience that you might know. His song was called Amazing Grace. Pretty powerful. He had a couple of good songwriters in that church. They were both converts of George Whitfield. Pretty powerful season. Lord God, thank you for what you're doing in this season. Lord, we don't take the move of God lightly. God, I pray that you pour out your spirit upon our lives, Lord God, and wash away, wash away the, the trust that we have in our own selves, Lord God, and, and put us in a place of total, absolute dependence, dependence on our God. You know, so this is, let me just make some observations about this fountain. I, I've come to, to the conclusion in my life that I have to come to this fountain Emmanuel's fountain that's filled with blood. I have to come to it every day. Oh no, it's not just a one-time thing. Once you've got it, you're done. You have to come to the fountain every day because we live in a filthy world and we tend to get defiled living in this world. 
We have to come to this fountain filled with blood and approach our, our Father in heaven through the blood of Jesus. Like, like Paul said in Hebrews 4.16, he said, then let us with confidence draw near to this throne of grace. Let's draw near today. Hey, hey, let's draw near right now to his throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Have you ever needed the help of God? Maybe there's somebody today that needs God's help and intervention in their life. You know, the New Testament is a beautiful, beautiful book, and it's filled with beautiful words, beautiful spiritual words. You've heard me teach on Romans 8.26 a number of times about how the Holy Spirit helps us with our, our weaknesses and our infirmities. And it's a word that talks about pulling together with us. In this particular passage, it's a totally different word. It's not even a similar word that translated help. He's talking about going through the storms of life and finding grace to help. And he uses this word bothia, which is a nautical word. Paul used it on purpose because of being very familiar with storms in the, in the, in the, in the, in the ocean, in the Mediterranean Sea. Paul had gone through three shipwrecks. He he knew what he was talking about when your life was being tossed by the waves of the storm. And this word bothia was a word that's translated in English. It's actually a word we don't use anymore. It's a word called frap. It's an old word. It's, we've, today, the only thing we know about frap is it's something they make at Starbucks or, or, or wherever, or wherever. But that's not the same kind of frap. It's a different kind of frap. This frap, this frap is when your, bo- when your wooden boat is in the ocean, the waves are beating on it, and, you're, and the boat is about to fall apart. The last-ditch effort is to take ropes and to tie that boat together, to wrap it and wrap it and wrap it. It's called frapping a vessel. And you frap it and you hold it together so the storms and the waves won't beat it to pieces. It's to save your life. Paul is, he's he's talking about people in in Jerusalem. He's writing to people whose lives are being beat up by, by persecution, by the trials of their faith. They're being beat upon by the trials of life and they need real help to hold their stuff together. Have you ever needed help to have your stuff held together? Have you ever needed help to hold your marriage together? Have you ever needed help to hold your business together, to hold your your mind together, to hold your body together? Maybe you feel like you're breaking apart. Well, there is a place of help. It's Emmanuel's fountain. It's Zachariah's fountain. Paul said we can get there. We can come into this fountain before the throne of God, this beautiful crystal sea. We can come in by faith in the precious blood. It's available to us every moment of every day. And we can find real help. We step in and he begins to, he begins to frap us. He begins to wrap us. Wrap Frappuccino, Lord. I'll take one right now. Wrap me up once again. Wrapped, wrapped up, wrapped up in the love of God. Wrapped up in his embrace. Held together by his mercy. Oh, yes, Lord. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find, find grace to frap us is the literal translation, grace to frap us in times of need. Thank you, Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood 
It flows from Emmanuel's veins. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm going to plunge into it today by faith in the name of Jesus. Yes, this fountain. David sang about this fountain. He knew about it too. David knew about going through troubled times and finding a fountain that was, would sustain him and hold his life together. In Psalm 36, he sang about it. And he said in Psalm 36, for with you, Lord, is the fountain of life. Everyone say fountain of life. This fountain is a fountain of life. Not only are we washed, when we step into the fountain, it's like stepping into the troubled waters of the pool of Bethesda. And we step in. We're stepping in. We're stepping out. Stepping out of death. Stepping into life. Stepping out of darkness, stepping into light. Stepping out of trouble, stepping into help. I'm stepping into the fountain today. It's a fountain of life. Jesus was prophesying and preaching to the woman at the well in Samaria. Her life was troubled. Oh, she was going through troubles. All sorts of troubles. She had bought into the lie, the lie in this world. If you can only find the right guy... If you can only find the right man, you'll be happy the rest of your life. Find the handsome guy. Find the athletic guy. Find the cool guy. Find the rich guy. Find the politically connected guy. Just find the right guy, and you'll be happy the rest of your life. She went through one, two, three, four, five, all of them dead. Probably some killed or whatever. Whatever happened to them, all of them were gone. All of them were not in, they were all dead. They all died. One of them was still alive. He didn't marry her. And he was living with her. Jesus said, oh no, you're not going to find happiness. He said, you've got, you've got, to. and this, he started ministering to her about it. Jesus told this woman, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living, living water, this water of life, this living water that flows from Emmanuel's fountain. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, the water of this life, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. This water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to everlasting life. Thank you, Jesus. Life, this is a, there is a river of life. There is a fountain of life. And I'm drinking in this life. This life satisfies my heart. This, li- this life quenches the thirsting of my soul. This life finally brings me into a place where I can rest and rest in God and say it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. Everything is okay. I'm resting in my God. Satisfied. I am satisfied with my God. I'm satisfied with my portion in life. I am finally, finally at rest and finally content. You know, that was, um, I've told you this question the Lord asked me. I was laying right here on a Monday afternoon in September of 1994. And the Lord asked me, can you be content with me alone? Can you be content if you're not a pastor anymore? You know, I, I, I had no idea. That things were getting so crazy. They were so wild. It's, you know, you, it's like I unleashed a lion in the church and he wasn't getting back in, in the pen. He was just totally on a rampage, scaring the fire out of people. And, and I, he, he said, you know, can, can you be content? If this, if this, if this is it, if you're going to, if this is it, 
can you be content with me? Oh yeah, there is a place of total, absolute, Sheba Stema, contentment in God, no matter what, no matter what you face in life. It's a place of strength. It's a place of rest in the Lord. Yeah, this fountain is an overflowing fountain. John saw it. John saw this was the last vision he had in the book of Revelations when he was caught up in the, on the Isle of Patmos. And he saw in Revelations 22.1, he, he says, the Lord showed him a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. I love that word, proceeding. Everyone say proceeding. Say it again, proceeding. That is a beautiful picture of something that's eternal. It has no beginning and no end. This river never started, and this never, river will never stop. It's an eternal river that flows out because this river is, is, a, is a person. It's an eternal person. This river is the, is the manifestation of the third person of the beautiful Trinity. On the throne, John saw the Father and saw the Son, and flowing out of their relationship was this beautiful river of life flowing out into the nations. It's flowing out to us. And this river, I'm, I'm not going to take time to read this. It's kind of tedious. Um, there's a quote from Jonathan Edwards. But what, what Jonathan Edwards says in this quote is that there's, there's something about fountains. He says, fountains have a tendency about them just by the very nature of a fountain. Fountains have a tendency to overflow. They, 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 they keep going, they keep going, they keep going, and finally the, the, the pool that surrounds the fountain gets to its capacity, and the waters begin to overflow the fountain. They overflow. And he says that, that our God, our God is a fountain. The Father is, the, is the, the fountain head of this river that flows from God. This fountain never runs dry. It never, it never runs out. It never, gets, it never gets deficient. There's always enough for you. It never is a dry season. There's never a lean season. This river is full on all the time for you. It's a river of God. It's a river of His glory. There is a fountain that I can bask in, that I can drink in, that's overflowing, simbrace, that fills my life up and overflows with life and joy unspeakable. This fountain, who is this fountain for? John said in Revelations 21, who can come to this fountain? Because it's obviously, it's obviously not very obvious. It's a hidden fountain. It's a, it's a fountain that's in a, a hidden garden, and not everyone can see it. It's, it's not just for, it's not something that the whole world even recognizes exists. It's a fountain, a hidden fountain that's available for whosoever will. He said to me, it's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. In Revelation 22, he said, whosoever will, let him come and drink from this fountain. And the ones that can come are, according to Revelation 21, 6, are the, the thirsty. It's our thirst that brings us to the fountain. It's our thirst that acknowledges that there even is a fountain. It's our thirst that drinks from the fountain. It's what Jesus said. On that great day of the feast. If anyone is thirsty, yes, if anyone is thirsty, if anyone is thirsty, he began to cry out. 
They were pouring out barrels of water and barrels of wine, celebrating the, the celebration of tabernacles, feast of tabernacles. And he stood up in a prominent place in the temple and began to cry out, Is anybody thirsty? Is anybody thirsty? If anyone is thirsty, let him come. 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 A continuous, a continuous action verb. Let him come. Let him come. And let him keep coming. Let him come. Let him come to me. And let him drink. 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 Hallelujah. Ristamandaraste. Let him drink, and out of his belly will begin to flow rivers of living water. You know, this fountain, it says in Song, Song of Solomon 4.12, it says it's a fountain that's locked up. It's, it's secured. It's secured and locked up from the world's. That's the way. We've got to jealously. If you've, you know, Jesus told this woman that this fountain would it become like a fountain inside of her. She'd drink, and, and God would create this fountain inside of her that she could carry around with her all the time, and she could drink from it anytime she liked. It would become a perpetual, bubbling fountain of living water inside of her. It has to become a, a fountain locked up. Everyone say locked up. Is your fountain locked up? Is it locked up? What I'm talking about, are, are you allowing the compromising circumstances in the world to creep into your life? Because when you open up your life to all the, the filth that's out there in the world, you won't be able to drink from this fountain. We've got to, we've got to get, we've got to lock us up. Lock us up. It's a fountain locked up. This is the way John Piper says it. He says it is, he says sin is the suicidal abandonment of joy. It's the suicidal abandonment of joy. In other words, the, support, the pursuit of our soul satisfaction, our joy and delight and happiness is not sin. Sin is the exact opposite. Pursuing happiness, sin is pursuing happiness where no lasting happiness can be found. Jeremiah said it like this, my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've dug out their own fountain, a broken fountain that can have no water. This is exactly what the woman at the well was doing. She said, I don't know about this Jacob's well or Jacob's fountain or Zachariah's fountain or I don't even know who Emmanuel is. And she bought into the lie. The world has a fountain. Oh yeah, it's a promise of happiness. It's a promise of pleasure. It's a, a promise of contentment. Oh, come to this fountain and have a drink. It's a fountain of success. It's a fountain of, of promiscuity, sex outside of marriage. It's a fountain of, of drinking booze to, to get you satisfied and high. It's a fountain of illicit use of drugs. It's a fountain of promiscuous behavior. It's a fountain of worldly lifestyle. It's a fountain that excludes holiness. And it's a lie. You come and drink from that fountain. And it's a fountain that produces momentary pleasure like all sin does. Momentary pleasure. But that momentary pleasure carries lifelong consequences that brings destruction into our life. We, we, there are two fountains in your life. There's two of them. Kimbo Ste Bramastike. It's the fountain of deception 
And it's the fountain that flows from the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the fountain that flows from our Savior's body. And you can, you can only drink from one. The world, the, the world is, Christianity and churches are trying to walk down the middle of it. They're trying to say grace, grace, grace. And they're preaching a false message of, of grace that's not grace. It's an antinomian heresy from the past. Oh, you can't walk down the middle and have both, and drink from both fountains. You cannot do it. It's a lie. It's a deceiving lie that brings destruction to your soul. The only, only solution, the only solution is to pursue godliness, not with less passion, but with more passion. To pursue, to pursue holiness with more passion. To pursue this, this living water. Rema say, yeah, there is a fountain filled with blood. And the thirsty can drink from it until their soul's content. They'll be content and satisfied with God. It's a continuous, it's a continuous flowing stream. It's a, I want to I read this last passage out of Joel. This is the, the last verse I'm going to read. Joel's prophecy. It's just after the one that Peter preached from. You know, the one that Peter preached from in the last days. God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. My sons and my daughters shall prophesy. The old men shall dream dreams, and the young men will have visions. I'll pour out my spirit in those days on all flesh. There'll be signs in the heaven above. Signs in the heavens. The, the, sun, shall, the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon shall be turned into blood. And there'll be signs in the earth in those days, says the Lord. And all of those that call upon the name of the Lord in those days shall be delivered, he says. And he goes on in the next chapter and continues to prophesy. He says, in that day, that's the day we've, that, that Zechariah was prophesying about, the day of Emmanuel's fountain, the day of the outpouring on the sons and daughters, in the gospel day that we live in today. We live in the end of that day. Peter and John lived at the beginning of that day. We live at the sunset of the great gospel day, the end of the great gospel day. That's where we live. Is anyone listening to me out there? Yeah, we live at the end of the day of the Lord. This is that which Joel spoke about. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. We live at the last of the last of that gospel day before the coming of the new day when Christ comes to this earth. And he says, in that day, in that day, in our day, mountains shall drip with wine. Woo, the new wine of the Holy Ghost. The hills shall flow with the milk, the nourishment of God's word. And all the stream beds of Judah shall flow with water. And a fountain shall come. Where's it going to come from? Where's it going to come from? Where's this fountain going to come from? Can somebody tell me? Where's this fountain going to come from? Tell me. Say it out loud. From the house of the Lord. From the house of of the Lord. Well, I don't believe in the organized church. Oh, it's, that's where it's going to flow from in the last days, from his house, from the house of the Lord, from his house. That's why we gather together. And that's why we don't watch church on TV, you know. That's why don't we, we don't sit at home we, we come together because God flows out of the house of the Lord. He flows out of the house of the Lord. He flows when we gather together in his name. It's where he, he loves for the gathering together of sons and daughters. We gather together and he, he walks in the room. 
He's walked in the room with us this morning as we gathered here in this place. And as we drink of his presence, as we, as we step out of the natural, as we begin to drink from this fountain that's filled with blood, oh, we begin to drink the living waters that flow from the side. Don't you remember what happened when the, when the spear pierced the side of Jesus? What flowed from his sides? The blood and the water. The water of life. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, there is a river that flows from your side. It flows from the wounds of our precious Savior. It flows from the throne of God. It's a fountain. It's filled with blood. And it's filled with living water that cleanses my soul. Lord, it flows out of your house. Lord, as we gather together in this place. Lord, thank you for this, for this local church. Thank you for your presence in the gathering together of your sons and your daughters. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, stir up those waters once again. Lord, send your angels down like you did in that troubled pool in Jerusalem and stir the waters once again, Lord God. Shimon Resta. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. In those waters today, they're in this pool, in this gathered pool. There's salvation for your soul in those waters. Step in. There's salvation for your whole being. There's healing for your mind. And for your body, step in. There's restoration for your relationships, for your marriage. Step in. There's, 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 there's re- restoration for your, your financial situation. If you're in bondage financially, if you're in debt or in poverty or, or struggling to, to get by, there's deliverance from that curse of, of lack. Step in to the waters that flow from the side of our Lord Jesus Christ. Flowing from his side today is the river of life. It's a river of blessing. It's a river of restoration. Ramasahiya is restoration for the things you've lost in your life. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.